I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors! Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. Hello, Muller Junkies. This is AG, and I'm very proud and excited to announce that we've smashed over 100,000 downloads. And to celebrate, we'll be hosting Muller She Wrote Live this July 3rd at the world-famous comedy store in San Diego. We'll do some comedy sets, have some past guests join us, and answer your Muller questions live in a panel Q&A. So plan your summer vacation now and join us in San Diego for July 3rd at the Comedy Store in La Jolla. VIP tickets are available for a pre-panel cocktail meet and greet where you can hang out with AG, Jaleesa, Jordan, and some of our other past guests. Oh, and our business partners will be there as well. As always, patrons get a discount code on regular and VIP tickets, so head over to MullerSheWrote.com to become a patron today, and we'll see you on the 3rd of July. This podcast may contain laughter. Are you thinking of committing treason, but the government found your secure back channel? Are you concerned with the security of encrypted messaging apps such as WhatsApp and Dust? It seems like every time we turn around, someone's getting indicted on evidence recovered from shoddy encrypted messaging services. Well, Retrocom Solutions LLC has the answer. Morse code. That's right. With this cutting-edge complex encryption system of dots and dashes, you can send messages anywhere in the world safely and securely. So head to Radio Shack now for your deluxe iambic paddle and Morse receiver. Then go ahead and send that big treasonous message. It probably won't be intercepted. Retrocom Solutions, LLC, iambic Morse code machine can result in isotope poisoning. Encryption not guaranteed in Russia, Ukraine, Azerbaijan, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar. Offer void in Trump Tower. Void where prohibited. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, welcome to Mueller, She Wrote. I'm your anonymous host, A.G., and with me, as always, is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to season two, week three. Yeah. And it was a crazy one. What a week I'm having! All right, so Jaleesa is going to give us an update this week on Ivanka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan is going to discuss Trump's ties to Israel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go over exactly how fucked Manafort is since, uh, <laughs> since the discovery of his witness tampering and conspiracy with a Russian spy. We also have a new segment this week called Flip It Blue, and today we're featuring an interview between Jordan and a progressive candidate for Nevada's 4th District, Amy Valella. 
Uh, we also have a few minisodes uh, this week and Chapter 9 of A Higher Loyalty for our patrons. For information on becoming a patron, you can visit MullerSheWrote.com. And you guys, our sexy justice calendars went out this week and people, yes. are, people are starting to get them. I'm so, so excited. I know, me too. So if you got yours, feel free to post photos on Insta and Twitter. Don't forget to tag at MullerSheWrote and use hashtag SexyJusticeCalendar, hashtag MSW. <laughs> Or Sexy Justice, whatever, but Sexy Justice Calendar. That way we can keep track of you. Exactly. And we're super glad you love them. We've gotten such positive feedback, and we're yeah. very thankful because we had to kind of rework the whole thing when we got into some totally. licensing issues. Yeah, and some um, sexual assault issues. And yeah, yeah, we yep. had to. Not, you, not on our behalf. No, no, Your we're fault. good. We're Oh, no, yeah, we're yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we didn't assault anybody, but yeah. we had someone. Mm-hmm. We, we all, yeah, we know. So and uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Was it sexual assault or physical abuse? There was there was one sexual assault where he choked her, and she didn't want to be choked during sex. And then there was one just physical abuse where he smacked her in public. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not cool. Fucking horrible. Yeah, not not cool at all. Uh, But yeah, cool that you understand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. Anyway, I'm super excited about that calendar. It's so Mm -hmm. fucking cool. And let's see, uh, we have some hand-blown wine glasses made for us this week yes. by a fellow resistor named Marsha Wiley, and they are amazing. They have little universes inside the bottom, and, <laughs> and it changes depending on what you're drinking. We're drinking out of them right now. Yes, we Peter are. Uh, yep, I got a rosé, because I'm 44. Oh, wait, yeah, and, me too. Yes, oh, yes. you do too. <laughs> but no ice cubes yet, so, you know, oh, we're not quite ice cube We're not cube fancy. Age. <laughs> no, we're not my mom. <laughs> uh, check out her amazing work. She does hand-blown glass. You can see it at Wileyware. That's W-I-L-E-Y, Wileyware, W-A-R-E, dot com. Uh, tell her we sent you. Yeah. And finally, uh, we've been giving you the wrong phone number for fastgrass.org. <laughs> and um, this is thanks to my dingus friend who um, sent me uh, the wrong phone number. Um <laughs> I should have verified it. My bad also. But get your med rec card, your your medical recommendation card, and call them at 619-961-7222 or visit them at fastgrass.org. They are San Diego's premier delivery service for medical marijuana. Mention Muller, get $10 off if you're a new patient. But for now, enough of that. Let's kick off this week's news with just the facts. Okay, we can start way back to last Saturday when we learned that South Korea has purchased $100 million in debt on Kushner properties. Uh, two firms in South Korea handed over the $100 million on a residential building in New Jersey that's partially owned by the Kushners. The $100 million went toward the $184 million loan from Citigroup, backed by Qatar, that they lent the Kushners after they met with Kushner at the White House. <laughs> Shortly after that, our policy on Qatar took a 180 back to supporting them after having shided the entire country around the same time they had refused to loan the Kushners any money. Our base in Qatar houses the forward headquarters of the U.S. Air Force Central Command Combined Air and Space Operations Center and the 379th Airborne Expedition Wing. Mm-hmm. We have over 11,000 troops stationed there. So I thought it was 8,000, but Whew, I checked lot. it out because um, I work for the government. <laughs> All right. Then Monday, uh, Trump said he can pardon himself. That sounds personal. Ugh. Donald? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, our president, after leaking, that's conjecture, uh, that 20-page letter to the press that his lawyers wrote to Mueller that hinted that maybe he could possibly pardon himself, um, which also said he can't obstruct justice because he's above the law, he went full King George III Monday and said he can pardon himself. Not even Nixon went that far. In fact, I read Nixon asked if he could pardon himself, and when he was told he couldn't, he resigned. Exactly. 
When asked about this, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley said, uh, if I were the president and my lawyer told me I could pardon myself, I'd get a new lawyer. So, Right? Thanks, Chuck. What the fuck, Chuck? <laughs> the OIG hearings, Office of Inspector General hearings, on the report that the Department of Justice IG did on the 2016 election were supposed to take place last Monday, but have been rescheduled to take place today, as you're hearing this, June 11th, Monday with the full IG report due out on June 14th. Hmm. We have an entire bonus episode out today for our patrons that goes over the five major areas of the OIG report and the hearings, uh, and they will cover Comey's press conference about Hillary emails 11 days before the election, the letters he wrote to Congress about Hillary emails, whether McCabe should have been recused from the Clinton probe because his wife was taking DNC money when she ran for Congress. And you should check out our bonus episode on Jill McCabe if you haven't. So good. Uh, And FBI leaks during the campaign. So uh, after the postponement of the hearing, we learned that McCabe's attorney had asked for immunity for his forthcoming testimony in the hearings. And the proffer seems to be emails between McCabe and Comey showing that McCabe did inform Comey of the Wiener laptop earlier than previously thought. (laughs) It's normal to ask for immunity in a Senate hearing when criminal charges have been referred on you uh, to the Justice Department, as they have in this case. When the IG report comes out, I'm predicting it will say that McCabe did tell Comey there will be email proof that he told Comey in early October and they decided to sit on it and not do the investigation because if they found anything, they could have been forced to update Congress and they didn't want the FBI to sway the election. But they couldn't wait any longer when leaks were eminent from the New York field office. And the reason Comey and McCabe hasn't said anything or told us all this is because it would have given the New York field office and the FBI a black eye for leaking like a sieve. (laughs) So they were trying to protect the election, follow the DOJ policy, and protect the reputation of the FBI by keeping a lid on the leakers in New York. Now, keep in mind, they may not reveal the leaks from the New York field office in this report to protect the FBI, but keep an eye out for more findings. Um, If you remember in episode 27, the IG found an FBI agent had leaked, lied, and mishandled information, but they decided not to bring criminal charges. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, him or her. It could be her. And then it said, no, his. It's a guy. Um, That's how I would remember that particular story. But there were no other details on it. And I wonder if that guy was from the New York field office and is part of this investigation because the report comes out. Um, on the 14th 14th wow if Bernie Sanders thought he was sick of hearing about the emails in 2016 oh, yeah imagine how he he's feels running now. again he's yeah. running again and this could completely ruin Comey's reputation mm-hmm. um, if you at, after this hate Comey just take a black X put an X over his face in the mm-hmm. calendar I still believe he did the right thing yeah. although of course I am open to having my mind changed when I see the IG report because right. I do trust Horowitz in the IG this is an Obama appointed IG But um, just like, you know, I've had these arguments with Republicans and Trump supporters about the Mueller findings. Every time I talk about the Mueller investigation, they're like, what about Bernie? What about Hillary? What about Obama? I was like, if he indicts any of them, I will accept those findings. Mm -hmm. You, on the other hand, will not accept (laughs) the findings on Trump regardless. Right. So what do you say? Fair trade? Like, will you accept the findings of Mueller if I accept the findings of Mueller? Mm -hmm. And then they just go, you're fat and ugly. And then the whole (laughs) conversation has to end. (laughs) Right, right. I'm a medium, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm a size eight. Uh, Let's see. Trump tweeted Monday that Bob Mueller's investigation is totally unconstitutional. uh, And Giuliani told the Huffington Post that the president cannot be indicted and that he could pardon himself. And then, just days after the Parkland students graduated, Giuliani said Trump could shoot James Comey and he wouldn't be indicted because he's a president. Um, Wow. That's how above the law they think they are. 
Uh, Sarah Sanders ducked all the questions about the president pardoning himself and, and about why she lied previously when she said the president had, had not dictated the New York Times response on Air Force One on behalf of Donald Trump Jr. that Trump Tower was about adoptions. Yeah. And she lied about that and then she wouldn't cop to lying about it. And she whined about it. Yeah. And then she's like, you guys are bullying me. You guys are attacking me. And then she said, I have more, frankly, I have more credibility than the media. That's right. I remember that. I watched a lot of YouTube smoky eye videos, okay? (laughs) I'm doing my best. She does a good smoky eye. I'll give her that. Hey. With the ashes of the lies. Mm -hmm. Um, But she lost credibility for most of us a few weeks ago. Well, a long time ago, but especially a few weeks ago when she admitted she's given out false information. So I'm not Mm -hmm. shocked that she would duck all these questions. Uh, The special master, Barbara Jones, doggedly reviewing all the documents in the Cohen case, has released her findings. Of the 12,543 pages of hard copy materials, 14 are are protected by (laughs) attorney-client privilege. And of the 291,770 digital items from the two phones and his iPad, 148 are privileged. Holy crap. I cannot believe they legitimately went through all of those. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think she would tell us if one of those digital files might perhaps be a video of a particular urination variety? That sounds like attorney-client privilege to me. Oh, would it? No. Um, (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that sucks. They can't say anything about the nature of the documents, huh? Yeah, not yet, right? Not until... The fifteenth or what? The nature of the the ones that are protected, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They, oh, not even not even soon. The we, prosecution, the public won't find. I out. hope someone Nobody leaks it. it. Yeah, that's what I'm. I hope someone leaks the leaks. But those are attorney-client privilege, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was kidding when the I said definition. the P tape is protected by attorney-client. It's privilege. definitely not. It is definitely not. Thank you for clarifying. No, I doubt. I'm, I'm very gullible. The, the, see, because it's unless, unless one of the prostitutes was a lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, and they had <laughs> which is possible gone into an, a retainer, yeah, uh, before the P happened. Interesting. Um, Although, you know what? I think if I were running for anything, I would only hang out with pro- lawyer prostitutes. Yeah. If you're yes. going to yeah, if you're going to have lawyer friends, why not? <laughs> That's such a good idea. You know? Like you got nothing on us. What are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> they seem like pretty fun people. You fucking do it all. I like to party. Now, in a follow-on story to this, Trump's legal team uh, filed a motion uh, that the court allow them to file all their objections to the evidence under seal an ex parte meaning in private, and that the government can't see it. Prosecutors can't see it. Mm. Um, and m- you remember they had to file all their objections by June 14th or 15th? I want to say 15th. 15th, 15th yeah. I think, yeah. Well, Judge Wood came back uh, with a decision this week denying Trump's lawyer's request, saying Trump has to publicly file his objections, uh, except the parts that come from the actual documents, of mm-hmm. course, um, and that can be ex parte and sealed, but mm-hmm. his objections have to be filed publicly. Nice. Sorry. Have a nice day. Sorry, not sorry. There's news out this week alleging that Papadop may have been an Israeli spy. Uh, Jordan, you have more on that later? Uh-huh. Lots more. Yeah, that's crazy. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. That sounds tinfoil hatty, but wait. Yeah. You just wait. We should sell tinfoil hats as merch. <laughs> it's just a roll of yeah. Reynolds wrap, really. <laughs> Alex Jones should, too, if you're going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so fun. I love that we Can we have a little treat on the inside? Oh, like I, the Hershey's Kiss. Oh my God! In Wrapped in more theory. foil. <laughs> yeah, our Hershey Kiss is also a conspiracy theorist. Grilled corn. <laughs> oh I uh, 
I love that we that we beat him sometimes in the charts. Yeah, because I think Jones, we yeah. we are the progressives on on kind of the far left, not in no, a crazy we way. We aren't the Alex. We aren't the progressive. We aren't Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. No, no, no. But I think we yeah. also we help Mueller seem more like tame. We're not as crazy as Alex Jones is for his people, but we are kind of like in our own little casual world of being honest and more like you know yeah. forthcoming about how we feel as people. Right. We aren't yeah. constrained by by moderate mainstream media network. Yeah. 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 Which I don't is think, great. I don't think anyone listens to us and they're like, oof, that's a bit much i gotta scooch over to the right 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 we cut all of that out we edit out the crazy no all right so uh let's see here wednesday uh paul ryan came forward and joined trey gowdy and other republican members of the senate intel committee including uh republicans burr and grassley calling trump's spygate a load of crap basically Mm. one vertebrae for ryan Just one. A tiny one. Yes, that's uh, It one. was shrouded in a bunch of bullshit. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You have to dig through a giant pile of shit, steaming, <laughs> heaping pile of shit to find that one golden nugget of truth. But it was in there. And you know that CNN commercial where this is a pile of bananas. Yeah. Somewhere hidden inside is an apple. I just feel like you should have like a Paul Ryan commercial where this is a giant steaming pile of horse shit. <laughs> hidden in the, inside somewhere is the truth. <laughs> I love it. Do you want to find it or do you not care? It'll be hard to discern because it'll still reek of feces. (laughs) It's a hard pass for most people. So then Thursday, Trump tweeted that spies were used against him as early as December 2015. But it turns out he got that from a right wing conspiracy tweet and it's been debunked. And then more Republicans have jumped on and said Spygate has no basis in reality, including Jeff Flake and even every single member of the GOP of the House Intel Committee, except for one. Guess who? My boyfriend. Uh, I was going to say, Jordan, get your man. Get your man. <laughs> Devin Nunes. <laughs> oh, yeah, did I mention I was all by myself? All by myself. All by myself. All by myself. So the Republican dominoes are starting to fall, but I think Nunes is about to get in some pretty hot water. If you guys remember a couple months ago, someone leaked text messages between Senator Warner, the Democratic co-chair of the Senate Intel Committee, and a Russian firm linked to Oleg Deripaska. And it turns out that Warner was in touch with this Russian guy to get in contact with Christopher Steele. Well, sources on the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, suspected that Nunes and his staff were behind the leaks. And remember, Congress can impeach one of its own. So keep an eye on that and and vote because we need to flip it blue. Yes. Uh, We had a shitty turnout in the primaries, you guys. 14.6 in San Diego, right? Uh, Really? I I saw like 24. Oh, okay. Maybe I checked it a little too early. 21, 24. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the provisional ballots probably bumped it up. For sure, yeah. In our county. Uh, But fortunately, we pulled it out. And our our jungle primaries didn't fuck us. We have a Democrat on every ticket in every house race in the state. We were afraid we were going to get shut out of a few of them mm-hmm. because the way the California primaries work is the top two go through whether they're Republican, Democrat, exactly. Independent, Green Party, whatever. Top two vote getters go through. I was surprised that our governor. I thought we would have. T- I would thought it would be uh, Via Ragosa mm-hmm. uh, and Newsom. I thought we would have two Democrats at the mm-hmm. top of the governor's ticket. Right. But we got John, uh, Cox got in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some Cox. God, just worked his way in there. Fucking cocks, yeah, always slipping into the wrong race. (laughs) Fucking cocks. (laughs) And this is why we get tweets that are like, "I wish there wasn't as much cursing." (laughs) Yeah, we have a few kid listeners that I didn't suspect. We talk like street trash. It's fine, (laughs) but we're very educated, and it's been proven that intelligent people swear. That's true. Yeah. Let's see. Also, Wednesday. 
uh, BuzzFeed released a report that Ivanka was in on other uh, was in on the other Trump Tower, the second Trump Tower. And Jaleesa is going to go over that for us more in, uh, in the show. Definitely. The and, se- sorry, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The secret one that we kind of just recently learned about. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yep. the second one. And I couldn't help but notice, to borrow a phrase from Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> when Fusion GPS hired Steele to find out why Trump had all these real estate deals in Russia that never actually happened, that perhaps... Uh, Maybe the Kremlin was keeping Trump on the hook with the promises of a Trump Tower Moscow, but just letting it go once they got what they wanted. And mm-hmm. then they'd promise him another one until they got what they wanted and let it go. Kind of like when the Russian spy ring said they targeted Carter Page in 2013 because he's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And they said, we would make promises in exchange for information. And once we get the documents, we tell him go, go fuck, fuck himself. himself. Yeah. It might have been like that, yeah. because that's what Fusion GPS charged Orbis or Christopher Steele with. Go find out why he started all these deals and never got them. That's weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so very it, sketchy. It, it must have been yeah. dangling carrots and then getting what they wanted and then taking the them away. Bait and switch. Pooch. Yeah, Putin's <laughs> definitely smarter than Trump. This is still the just the facts. I think that's objectively known. Putin is smart. He's, yeah. And Trump is um, vulnerable. Putin is at least diabolical. There Very you go. Diabolical. Yeah, ruthless. Ineffective. He's fucking been in there forever. Yeah. He and, will be till he dies. And they targeted Carter Page because he's stupid. He's He's got a lot of easily, he's easily compromised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's he got a lot of real estate. He well, well, Carter Page was doing energy investing. So if you're, you know, Russia and you want a stupid, uh, easily manipulable, possibly blackmailable guy, mm-hmm. who are you going to call? Carter Page, Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters every time. I love it. We should make a or someone please make a, a movie poster of Carter Page. <laughs> And uh, Papa Dob, all the vulnerable ones. No, it's, the... it's 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 Mueller, Comey, and uh, oh, they're the Ghostbusters. The You're right. York. Trump is the ghost. And, He's the big doughboy. And the the doughboy. Yeah. The, the, the bitch oh with the flat God. top. Yeah. You know, Zool. Totally. Yeah. Yes. There is no Dana only Zool. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, Zool's a gatekeeper of Gozer. We'll, we'll um, work it out. But this has got to happen. And Vince yeah, Clortho was the key master. But, mm-hmm. but she was, she was, yeah. Yeah, this is great. If it's really good, I might print it out poster size and put it on my wall. I was going to say, I if would. we made that a thing, I would put it on my wall. <laughs> Hell yeah. Then we learned that Mueller asked witnesses to hand over their phones so he can check out their WhatsApp and Dust accounts. Probably triggered by the discovery of Manafort's witness tampering when he used WhatsApp to get in touch with Kolimnik mm-hmm. and, and then sent it, you know, to, hey, tell the guys over at the, the PR firm that I, I didn't lobby in the U.S. because I didn't register over here. Right. As a foreign lobbyist. Yay, thanks. Um, <laughs> so Mueller's like, everybody hand over your phones. I'm checking your WhatsApp. I'm checking your dust accounts. So the witnesses actually turned over their phones without incident, probably realizing if they did not, they would face a subpoena. For sure. But then Sean Hannity got on Fox News and told all the witnesses that they should, quote, smash their phones into itsy bitsy pieces (laughs) some believe that Hannity can actually be charged with obstruction of justice for that I'm one of those people I'm definitely one of those people and And he's also represented by Cohen or was at one time (laughs) he's desperate is what it is and if he's indicted I think he will fold faster than a Fox News sponsor Mm -hmm. I think he will flip over and be like oh uncle oh daddy don't hurt me Uh, I'll tell you whatever you want to know about Trump you know it Uh, anyway yeah daddy Mueller (laughs) big daddy Mueller then it wouldn't be news if it didn't include Avenatti. Um, <laughs> he came out with a new lawsuit from Stormy Daniels alleging her ex-lawyer was in cahoots with Cohen and Trump to control both sides of the hush money payouts. The lawyer's name was Keith Davidson, 
And uh, <clears throat> we reported on this uh, in episode 24, two months ago. Yeah, no bigs. Humble brag, yeah, yeah. Well, no, well, let's check out that clip, huh? <laughs> it sounds to me like Davidson and Cohen had a deal together. Mm-hmm. And they're and and they might face RICO charges. That's racketeering charges mm-hmm. because that's a racket. Mm-hmm. Then Friday they announced that Cohen is now a target in a criminal investigation, uh, which is more than Trump is. Trump's just a subject. I'm just a subject, I'm not a target. <laughs> I love being a subject. I love subjects. They're so great. <laughs> They're so fantastic. I'm the best subject. <laughs> the greatest. So that could be huge, you guys. Uh, that's a big deal. And then uh, Giuliani, in, in an appearance in Israel, said that Stormy Daniels can't sue for damages because she has no reputation to protect and that porn stars don't have class or stature and don't deserve equal consideration under the law. <laughs> he went on to say that any feminist who supported the adult film industry should turn in their credentials, but said nothing of men like Trump who pay women for sex, then pay them off to have abortions, and then shut them up with hush money, and then watch porn, and then cheat on their wives when they're home with their seven-month-old kid. Uh, and anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I was no problem say, there. You you nailed that. I I think we should just give a collective eye roll to that <laughs> whole statement. I mean, we can't even like you you list all the reasons why it's hypocritical, but I truly believe that someone like him wouldn't even see it. And then if you go through Giuliani's client list, mm-hmm. he has represented a lot of fuck faces. Oh, of course. So I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Are you a fuck face? <laughs> Call me Rudy Giuliani. I'll fuck your face. But, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but first, get in touch with Essential Consultants, LLC. It's there you fucking go. essential. <laughs> it's a fucking racket, you guys. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> So anyway, in response to the backlash to what he said, Rudy said, quote, maybe I'm old fashioned. <laughs> you think? You know. Did you plant the redwoods? Oh like, goodness. what the fuck are you even talking about? And I don't understand this whole um, uh, uh, feminist movement that's against sex workers. And right. I don't get that. It doesn't make it's like it, blacks for Trump. Sorry, I have to say it. That's just it blows my mind. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, the new Kanye, Julissa. <laughs> the uh, new Kanye, yeah. What? I miss the old Kanye. Although I will say... Oh, uh, I meant new and like not the... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, no, sorry yeah. Absolutely. I will say, though, that the when Kim Kardashian went into the president's office and told him about Alice... That was amazing. And then he pardoned her. That's incredible. That was amazing. It was. It got me thinking, what if Kanye has just been stroking his ego as a ploy this whole time to then send Kim in? Ooh, Kanye is I still don't think he's probably, that smart. Okay, you know what? You're probably right. No, I would like I, to no, think I'm he is. No, I'm also a dick, though. So you gotta you balance. You never know. You never know. I think <laughs> yeah, he might be really smart, but not as smart as I think. Like, I think he's smart enough to pull something like that off because it's just sucking up to someone who, who likes to be sucked up to. I think Kanye saw, he <laughs> recognized. Well, yeah. and, then, and then Trump decided he was going to par- pardon Muhammad Ali, who's conviction was overturned in the 70s right i mean isn't like, oh, i'm sorry isn't he also waiting for your exoneration <laughs> do dead people jimmy, get jimmy carter's pardon was stupid uh, I, mine's better mine's tremendous yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna pardon everything including his haircut I, I didn't know dead people got pardoned i think that's kind yeah, of interesting you can pardon everybody it's just to clear their name mm-hmm. he's gonna pardon pontius Pilate. wow no, i'm kidding that's a really <laughs> bad joke uh, i'm just like i gotta google them when i get home you know who else <laughs> That's Why the guy the coyote. Who, that's the guy who that killed, guy was a good guy. That's the guy who killed Jesus. Oh no! Uh, or I, uh, or somebody was like, pardon Judas. Yeah, for another thirty pieces of you silver or something like Trump that. Trump would do it. That's just messed if up. If he got something out of None it. None of those people exist. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, you're old-fashioned, Rudy. Uh, really, really, really old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. But at least your dentures stay in. We can't say yeah. that for our yeah. president. Like, so. I'm so old-fashioned, I'm racist. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had a joke like that. Like, uh, call me old-fashioned, fa- but I don't like black people. <laughs> Basically, that's what it means. You know? My favorite is uh, Whitney Cummings did a roast of Joan Rivers and said that her vagina is so old it has a separate entrance for blacks. Oh, oh my God. God. Dude, I love it. I like Whitney Cummings. Yeah. I love comedy. I love women in comedy. Mm-hmm. Like that's a That's a badass... Yeah, she's fucking badass. She works roast. hard mm-hmm. too. And that, my second favorite, was when Betty White was roasting. Uh, was at the roast of Bob Saget, and <laughs> Bob Saget is from Full House. Yes, and 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 she her opening line is, "I'm not here to roast Bob Saget. I'm here to fuck John Stamos." Oh, <laughs> I love it. Uncle Jesse was hot. Oh Hell yes, I think Bob Saget's hot amazing. too. Honestly, cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> Uh, the Department of Justice has decided to show classified documents related to confidential informants used by the FBI to contact members of the Trump campaign to the Gang of Eight. Uh, they've already done this, um, but they're doing it again. Uh, this review is supposed to take place this upcoming week, so okay. we'll keep you informed on that. Okay, then a bunch of crazy shit went down Thursday night. First, Adam Schiff, um, Schiffle Dust, we've got him in our sexy <laughs> justice calendar, wrote a letter to Nunes demanding he release all the HIC, House Intelligence Committee, interview transcripts. No reply as of yet. Mm. Uh, and a court document was, re- was released in Broidy's case um, this week. Uh, a judge ordered the disclosure to the court of who was working in our country on behalf of Qatar. Um, and this was all happening as key figures in the Gulf crisis severed ties with that country. Joey Allaham, a Syrian-born businessman who had been helping uh, Qatar invest to curry favor with American Jews, has <laughs> condemned Qatar and cut ties with them, condemning them as a threat to the Middle East peace process. This all went down as another Qatari agent named Nick Muzin, who's a former advisor to Ted Cruz, Cruzin, uh, <laughs> also cut ties with the monarch Muzin and Cruzin. <laughs> I know, that's so dumb. Uh, Alham says he has nothing to do with the court case, but the judge has ordered him to comply with a subpoena anyhow. So hmm. we'll see what happens there. That's okay. a weird side story. Definitely. That, it could be huge. Like I feel a side like, mission. <laughs> I feel like I'm glossing over it, but that is probably gigantic. They usually come back around. Yeah, so yeah. put beans on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some big news dropped about a Senate Intel staffer named Wolf, a 31-year veteran. Uh, he was arrested for leaking classified information to the press. Earlier in the week, the Senate voted unanimously to assist the Department of Justice in the investigation by passing a like a late day resolution to hand over any documents they had on Wolf. And we found out that the Department of Justice had been poking around in the New York Times in a New York Times journalist's phone and emails for the past year to build their case. And that kind of crackdown on leaks actually began under the Obama administration. But the Justice Department under Obama decided it was improper and wrote policy saying it was a violation of the free press. So this Justice Department, this one, Sessions, our racist possum, <laughs> would have had to go around that policy in this case in order to you know, watch her for a year. Mm-hmm. And which Sessions can do if he wants. Kind of like how Rosenstein could circumvent the justice policy saying you can't indict a sitting president. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of speculation saying that this was a political move, but the Senate voted unanimously to cooperate. The full Senate, not yeah, just the committee, interesting. fully, 100 to nothing, or 98. There's yeah, people yeah. missing. <laughs> Where are these two people? Uh, John McCain, I think, is sick. And, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dick. <laughs> um, I, I, feel if the, I feel if this were political, you guys, there would have been a party line vote. Like, I feel like if this were a true intrusion of something terrible or fucked up that the government or AG Sessions was doing that the Democrats would have voted against it. You would see the split. Yeah, they'd have lost, Mm -hmm. but they would have voted against it. Right. Um, But journalists are seething about it, uh, Mm. calling it a violation of freedom of press. Interesting. Um, Mm. I need to 
get more information to figure out where I stand. Exactly same. Um, is there a bee in here? I think it's just a good old housefly. Oh, you cool. motherfucker, get away from my wife. Trying to, yeah, drink Ooh. up, man. He's drunk now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a Russian I was just going to say spy. that dude is a Russian fly. Yeah, Russian <laughs> fly. <laughs> Flygate. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I might kill it. I might have to give it some polonium oh, yeah. tea. Yeah. Have a tea no, party. Gonna, like shit poison in our wine. <laughs> oh, all life is sacred. Uh Do that is poop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just checking. All living thing all living things. That's the definition of a living thing. We're all God's they pooping poop. children. You have, to, you have to breathe and eat and shit. That's what that's what defining and file life taxes, is. I guess. No. No, no taxes optional. That's just that's just a certainty yes. in life. It oh that's right. It's separate. It doesn't define it. Good point. It's not Uh, my purpose in life. For most of us, anyway. All right. Then on Friday, Trump demanded that Russia be added back to the G7 while simultaneously calling our allies national security threats and slapping tariffs on them. Mm. That sounds insane, so I'm going to repeat it. Then on Friday, Trump demanded Russia be added back to the G7 while calling our allies assholes and taxing the shit out of them. Thank you for repeating that. It did take a minute to process. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't know what to think of this besides like this is the most obvious uh, proof pointing towards Trump being Putin's puppet. Yeah, he's his bitch. Yeah. Uh, And then, I mean, who who would be more happy that the G7 is unraveling? Mm -hmm. Russia was kicked out for annexing Crimea a couple years ago. Exactly. They're like, nope, you can't be in our club anymore. And didn't Um, Trump blame Obama for that? He blames Obama for everything. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not news. And then uh, it's just insane. And then uh, when he was leaving, Trump left early. Uh, first of all, he showed up late at the equality breakfast. Mm-hmm. Just walked in. I'm sorry, I'm late. Fucking asshole. <laughs> walked uh, up on the bitch like, what a great you can happen later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a great message. Equality. Procrastinate. <laughs> um, and it was, a, it was a gender equality breakfast. So there's oh. all these women, and, and there's great pictures online of it, too. Trump's walking in late, gri- pulling his seat out, and all these women are looking at him like, oh, you fucking mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought you guys were all going to be late. We were really <laughs> we, happy thinking. We makeup in the bathroom. <laughs> we were right happy there. thinking you weren't going to come. This isn't, a, this isn't a Miss Universe dressing room. You can leave now. Thank you. Um, ugh, ugh, fuck that guy. So gross. But then there's a communique that everybody signed at the end uh, of the G7. Well, the G7 signed mm-hmm. this communique. It's like a bunch of agreements and they're going to work together they're going to try to solve these trade issues and they're going to be partners and they're allies still in the world Mm -hmm. and so uh trump signs it gets on air force one to head to singapore to talk to kim jong-un right and then uh justin trudeau prime minister of canada put out a tweet we signed the communique everyone signed it yay it was a sometimes tense but very productive meeting have a great day and then Trump immediately tweeted from Air Force One that Trudeau is weak, meek, and mild, and that he's full of lies. And then he asked Congress to reverse his signature on the communique, which sounds oh like he's God. withdrawing from the yeah. G7. And now all of our allies are like, we'll be the G6. We don't care. And people are tweeting like, I think Trump wants a G2 with you know who. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There's a God song by the, um, the the Lumineers or something called, um, oh, no, it's the Far East movement called G6, like a G6. Oh, yeah. Remember that song? Yeah, I do. It just makes me think about a parody we could do but in general this is fucked up this is scary it's like yeah you're right putin just wants to split everyone he doesn't really care about being in and not even putin then trump too right it's like the unraveling of our status as a country in the fucking world i don't think that i think that trump is i mean i think trump's doing what putin wants him to do 
and and now the Western alliances are unraveling, and that mm-hmm. that is. But fortunately, there's a there's a really long, strong, solid tradition, and I think that our allies know that it's not us, it's Trump. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe so. we can send somebody else to the G seven. Maybe maybe we can send Governor Jerry Brown. Oh. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or soon to be uh, yeah. Governor um, Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know what? We California have a bigger economy. We're the fifth <gasps> oh, largest amazing. economy. Yeah. Totally so if do. so if we're the fifth largest global economy, we should be in the G seven. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you just bring California over? Fuck the rest. Oh my goodness. I mean, New York can join us. If we don't find someone better by like the next one, yeah, G eight, then yeah, we need to get on this. <laughs> yeah. uh, go ahead. It's yeah. Sorry, I was uh, I was just gonna say I was reading all the headlines of Trump saying that he's been backstabbed by by Trudeau. And mm-hmm. It's uh, he's called a mild. I think that's sexy. meek and mild. I like my men like I like my salsa is what that makes me think because <laughs> he's so cute. Honestly, he's a great leader. Like a, a sexual things aside. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I don't know. Trump seems to be coming unhinged again, um, like he's circling the drain. So I don't know. It could we could be close to the end. He may want to get that next McDonald's order to go. All right, you guys. That's the news. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, Muller Junkies. This is your host, A.G., and I am a huge fan of both true crime shows and wine. And I have found them both in one place. Check this out. Hey, true crime fans. Have you listened to Wine and Crime yet? We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by three childhood friends who chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash our worst Minnesotan accents. Each week, us gals pick a true crime topic and pair it with a delicious wine before delving into the background and psychology behind the crime. Then we share and speculate wildly about a couple of bonkers cases related to the topic. Past episodes include necrophilia, cults, crimes of passion, cruise ship disappearances, exorcisms gone wrong, all this over a bottle of wine, or let's be real, three. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod, and check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. Cheers! All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, you guys, thank you. Welcome back. Today, Jordan is going to tell us a little bit about a little bit, a little bit about Trump's relatives. Um, I'm going to leave it. But first, uh, Jaleesa has some news for us about Ivanka and her role in Trump Tower Moscow. Yes, I do. Thank you. So this is a BuzzFeed News article that came out on Wednesday, June 6th. And it says, Ivanka Trump was in contact with a Russian who offered a Trump-Putin meeting. And then the subline is, her contact, a Russian Olympic weightlifter, said a meeting between Trump and Putin could expedite a Trump Tower in Moscow. They're such a weird society. They have, like, 
pop stars and weightlifters doing their foreign Exactly. I'm glad you noticed that because it gets into it about why. Well, they're huge in the Olympics, Oh, yeah. And they dope and cheat. Mm -hmm. And that's why they couldn't use their flag. And think about it from, like, a crazy Illuminati perspective. Like, you want to control all aspects (laughs) of the society. You want to go for the athletes, the celebrities, the Mm -hmm. politicians. If you want true, like, dictatorship... This is what Putin I don't does. think that's Illuminati. I think that's fascism. That's just the world. I know you're so right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like yeah, and and if they didn't kill gays, get the gays, you mm-hmm. know, because that's the big Jeez, part. Yeah. The totally. gays and then the kids. Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah. You're I right. think we learned that from Sex in the City. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> so after intense scrutiny over contacts between Trump's people and Putin's people, Ivanka's name has barely come up. But during the campaign, she connected her father's personal lawyer with a Russian athlete who offered to introduce Trump to Putin in order to facilitate a 100-story Trump Tower in Moscow, according to emails reviewed by BuzzFeed News. That is fucking tall. Oh, yeah. Dang. I'm trying to imagine it. You think Trump's probably overcompensating for something? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't build the buildings. He just puts his name on it. Good so, point. yeah, he probably, when he watches porn, he probably yeah. has a little Trump sticker, like a little color form. <laughs> and when there's watermark. a big dick on the screen, he just sticks Sticks it right on there. There Trump you go. Tower. It's oh Trump. my god! It's not mine, but I just own it. tattoo it. It'll last longer. I'm so sorry. There radical is- feminism. Exactly. All buildings are phallic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So there is no evidence that Ivanka's contact with this athlete, a former Olympic weightlifter, Dmitry Klokov. Is that how it is pronounced? Spell it. K-L-O-K-O-V. Klokov. Klokov? Klokov. 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 There we go. Knock your clock off. (laughs) So there's no evidence that uh, That her contact with... Oh, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, AG. You and your dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no uh, proof that that was illegal or that it had anything to do with the election, nor is it clear that Klokov could even have introduced Trump to the Russian president. But according to two sources, congressional investigators have reviewed emails and questioned witnesses about the interaction, and so has Mueller's team, according to two other sources. So the contacts reveal that even as Trump was campaigning to become president, Ivanka connected Michael Cohen with a Russian who offered to arrange a meeting with one of the U.S.'s adversaries in order to help close a business deal that could have made the Trump family millions. These interactions also shed light on Cohen, who is currently under criminal investigation and who played a key role in many of Trump's biggest deals, including the effort to build Europe's tallest tower in the Russian capital. So in the fall of 2015, that effort was well in the works, and Cohen negotiated with Felix Sater, one of the president's longtime business associates, and agreed upon a Russian developer to build the tower. So Trump personally signed a non-binding letter of intent on October 28, 2015, the day of the third Republican debate, to allow a Russian developer to brand the tower with Trump's name. The agreement stated that the Trump organization would have the option to brand the hotel spa and fitness facilities as, quote, the spa by Ivanka Trump, and that Ivanka would be granted, quote, sole and absolute discretion to have final say on all interior design elements of the spa or fitness facilities. That sounds worth it. So it'll look like, sh- it'll look like shit, basically. Exactly. It'll look yeah. like some pointy snakeskin flat. <laughs> 
Just a big, giant, ugly shoe. You know, I hear good things about Trump Tower, which makes me sad because I want to say it's shitty, but they, they're probably classy. Yeah. You know, I do I do not. You don't I, hear good things? I've never been, of course. No. <laughs> How desperate? Oh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say. A guy it. died because they didn't put in a, a sprinkler system. You're so right. He uses cheap materials. They have whole, They have all sorts of... Good point. What were you going to say, Jordan? Yeah. I was just going to say, how desperate do you have to be to let putting your name on a spa be worth doing what she did? And that's, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, so, she had her fingers in a lot of pudding, so mm-hmm. it's not just this that's one. That's true. It's a Cherry on top. The poop perhaps. is in the pudding. Uh, so Ivanka at the time was the poop. The poop. The poop. The poop. Is oh, in the, oh, I thought you said the Putin's in the pudding. I you we said all that. heard different things, like Yanni and Laurel. <laughs> I thought you said the poop was in the pudding. I'm like, that is messed up. That would be really gross. Um, I'm so sorry, guys, for the visual. The proof is in the pudding. That's a quote that I heard from um, some some Bill Cosby related thing from life. <laughs> from life, yeah. <laughs> so Ivanka at the time was an executive vice president of development and acquisitions at the Trump Organization. And publicly, she was an ambassador for the company, attending ribbon cuttings, posting pictures of deals on her Instagram, and starring in advertisements for the company's new properties. But inside the Trump Organization, she had a reputation as a shrewd and tough executive known to get her way, which is fine. I think that's fine, personally. Yeah, conjecture. I'm surprised. Yeah, she gets things done. That doesn't mean she's a good person, but... Yeah, I meant the getting her way thing. Getting her way thing, that could be the, yeah, yeah. the part where it gets... She knows no other way. Exactly. I mean, look at her father. We're all products of our parents, whether we like it or not. So Ivanka, who now works in her father's administration, did not respond to questions sent to her personal email, chief of staff or the White House. And a spokesperson for her attorney wrote that Ivanka did not know about the Trump Moscow project until after a non-binding letter of intent had been signed. She never talked to anyone outside the organization about the proposal. And she even internally was only minimally involved, according to them. Her only role was limited to reminding Cohen that should an actual deal come to fruitation, which it did not, the project, like any other with the Trump name, conform with the highest design and architectural standards, end quote. (laughs) Fruition. But yeah. Oh, sorry. Fruitation is what I I thought. My bad. (laughs) No, it's okay. That's why we're here. We're here to learn. I learn from you. The more you know. You learn from me. And uh, who is saying that she was minimally involved? This is a, a spokesperson for her atone- attorney, so the attorney won't even say it oh. himself. <laughs> so it's a spokesperson for the, it's probably a lawyer for the spokesperson of the attorney of the spokesperson. <laughs> a lawyer of for the lawyer. <laughs> someone who is standing next to Ivanka. And anonymously so. There is no name listed, um, which is really interesting. Good point. Yeah, Nobody wants to tie it. No one wants to tie their names to this? Mm-mm. Oh, weird. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. Mm. Only because like they're busy or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, gotta be. (laughs) They're fucking essential. (laughs) More than five hours after BuzzFeed News published the story, the spokesperson, oh, here's their name. I'm so sorry. It's, (laughs) I read this article and I forgot. Peter Mirajanian, that is a very interesting, Mirajanian, I want to say, wrote that he inadvertently left off part of the statement. So he said, quote, Miss Trump did not know and never spoke to Dmitry Klukov. She recently, or she received an unsolicited Klukov. email. Klukov. There Klukov. She received an unsolicited email from his wife, who she also did not know, and passed it on to Michael Cohen, who she understood was working on any possible projects in Russia. She did no more than that unquote unsolicited email i'm sorry who solicits email who, who who's who's like nigerian princes like i just send out emails to yeah. all my friends saying may i send you another email please <laughs> I'm so sorry please email me if you will i love it what, like, what about that's a, a nothing it's just a, this i want to solicit your emails <laughs> 
Oh, this is not. I, I don't want it to be a cold call. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weirdos. I love it. Yeah. So, um, interviews suggested that Sorry, her involvement. Oh yeah, no, I I have the same problem. <laughs> so, interviews suggested that Ivanka's involvement ran much deeper than this. So, according to the four sources, in November 2015, Ivanka told Cohen to speak with Klikov. <laughs> Cohen had then uh, at least one phone call conversation with the weightlifter, and it's not known what they discussed <laughs> over the phone, but they exchanged a string of emails that are How do now you spell <laughs> do you even lift bro um they just think in the fitness gym be called <laughs> there you go swole oh my goodness <laughs> they have a separate one called leg day that no one goes to yes <laughs> so they they exchange a string of emails that are now being examined by congressional investigators and federal agents probing russia's election meddling in one of those emails klikov told cohen that he could arrange a meeting between trump and putin to help paved the way for the tower and later Cohen sent an email refusing that offer and saying that the Trump organization already had an agreement in place. He then said he was cutting off all future communication with Klikov and copying Ivanka, the Russian respondent in a final message in which he questioned Cohen's authority to make decisions for the Trump organization. So frustrated mm. by that exchange, Ivanka questioned Cohen's refusal to continue communicating with Klikov and this is all according to the sources Klikov. of course. I know that name just kills me every time. So it's unclear how Ivanka came into contact with this guy. It could have been Instagram. He's got a lot of followers. <laughs> he posts a lot of weightlifting stuff. But Genitals. here's the thing. Yes, exactly. Her genitals uh, came in contact. Totally. He won the silver medal uh, in the 20 or 2008 Olympic Games, and he also took gold in the 2005 World Championships. Yeah, he's the opposite of Jared. Exactly. He has no background in real estate development, nor is he known to be a close associate of Putin or anyone in the Russian president's inner circle. Well, then he'll be okay in prison. Yeah, yeah he'll be fine. So the thing is here, he uh, initially told BuzzFeed that he did not send the emails to Cohen, and he sent a text message, quote, I don't understand why you ask me about this. I'm a weightlifter, not a political. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they said, well, we see your emails to Cohen and then he responded with silence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a scriptwriter. <laughs> yeah. And Trump is a fucking schmuck entrepreneur Ugh. piece of shit. But mm-hmm. look where he is. What is- yeah. Exactly. Did he he send that message using WhatsApp? You know what? Or Dust. (laughs) We're learning. What are these apps? They should use Kick. Um, Okay, sorry. That's for hookups. And um, or they should use secure, actual secure government channels. Yeah, that would probably be best. Um, But then we would know what they were saying. Definitely, definitely. So I want to just go ahead and and wrap this up for you guys. So uh, the chair of the Intelligence Committee, North Carolina Senator Richard Burr, he declined to comment on this whole situation or anything specific, but he did say that he could see how Russian athletes like the country's oligarchs might be drawn into Russian politics. He said, quote, I can't speak specifically to athletes, but you see the oligarchs and there is a model for them and they do things on behalf of the country and on behalf of Putin at their own expense. They're not asked. They just do or assume the responsibility to do it, whether it's a mercenary army in Syria or it's screwing with elections or the hacking of the St. Petersburg facility. End quote. Uh, Oh, actually, no, he goes on. He says, so it's not a stretch to say if Putin allows oligarchs to make money as long as they don't get involved in politics and they do things that are beneficial to Putin, I could see athletes falling into the same category. Well, yeah, we all saw Rocky IV. Totally. You probably didn't. Well, Um, you know what? I get the, yeah, I get the idea. (laughs) Yeah, like that was, it was, the the athletes are a huge part of showing the strength of the country and mm-hmm. whether it's in the Olympics or in the boxing ring with Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, which is different from the medallion stallion. Right. Right. Cohen. 
And, and I just want to say real quick before before I completely wrap it up. No, yeah, go ahead. Just to tie back to Ivanka with all of this. So she claims she was not involved with all of this. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. She has an unusually strong influence over Trump and his unpredictability and impulsiveness. It's her wily feminine ways. Exactly. And so here's the thing, though. Um, she and her brother, Trump Jr. and Sater, when they visited Moscow in 2006, they were scouting locations for the possible tower there. And she was even sitting in Putin's office chair during the visit. So she was was instrumental in the development of Trump Soho, which was a troubled hotel and condo tower in Manhattan, according to BuzzFeed. And New York prosecutors are, are even considering criminal fraud charges against Ivanka and her brother for allegedly misleading prospective buyers at this Trump Soho location. So she's already yeah. got some. We've stuff. already we've already reported on exactly. that exactly because they were telling investors that we've almost sold out, mm-hmm. and they were having fake Russians or like real Russians posing as fake Americans, mm-hmm. quote unquote, buying up. The properties. Uh, the properties in the building mm-hmm. so that they could say, oh, we're almost sold out. You better yeah, hurry up. Right. And they're actually in court right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on this, lawsuit, out. this and and fraud. now just seeing how she's coming back up in the news now with with this new you know Moscow Tower development, it just shows that more and more Ivanka is not innocent. She yeah. fucked. She's and so you can fucked. be an immigrant to this country and falsify your identity. Apparently, a okay if you're mm-hmm. financing Donald Trump's properties. Oh yeah, right. And you you know we'll give you a. Uh, I think visas uh, for investing in real estate. Um, they were doing that with China. This fly in here, I'm starting to like him. <laughs> Should we name him Frank? But I was thinking maybe we could get. Oh, there he goes. Uh, maybe on, we Frank. could get uh, like some chopsticks. I totally catch him. Like Mr. <gasps> oh my Miyagi. God, AG, you're like an ocean of secrets. You, you can know. do like that Kill Bill style. Like. Yeah, no, I did fantasize grabbing it just by the wing. Oh my goodness, and then just releasing. But it. I think I have to be on acid to do that. Fair enough. Well, when we have another break. We can just murder it. And nobody will hear it. Hey, wouldn't a fly swatter be easier? Man who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything. You ever catch one? Not yet. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about this fly that, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of zen. Like when I was a cyclist, for I was a cyclist, like an avid cyclist. I still ride my bike, but I was super crazy about it. I was doing centuries. Oh. I would hang a little tiny India bell on the back of my seat <laughs> so that it would... Uh, ding a ding and it would keep me present it would keep me on the bike it would keep my mind from wandering right like be nice. present be in this moment yeah. be on the bike ride because it's it's all amazing this fly i think is keeping me grounded in this podcast yeah i think this is a good episode and i think i have the fly to thank so i, I you know i'm gonna let him go hell yeah no chopsticks for this <laughs> yeah. guy Hopefully All right. our listeners will get a little bit of buzz. In there. Yeah, every once in a while you have a Oh, it's a BuzzFeed article, too. Uh, it's not really. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. That's silly. totally fine. <laughs> it's a new kind of BuzzFeed. Look, he's, he's on the door. He's yeah. Maybe it's a BuzzFeed He's style. chilling out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, thank you, Julissa. That Thank was really, you. really good reporting. And, Appreciate it. And um, again, we want to reiterate because it happened in a past episode where we were sad that Ivanka was being a dick and mm-hmm. we, it seemed like we were sympathizing with her. We don't like her at all. She's a horrible person. Right. She's a feckless you-know-what. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the word because I don't want to lose all of our advertisers all of million. which we have one of my friends. <laughs> uh actually we did get a legit one we did that's right yeah, we got we the did. artist podcast which was very cool mm, yeah they get a free one it was free really shout out right like 16 dollars yeah. hey um, i'll take that dude it helps every single tiny bit helps. we are not too proud uh jordan what do you have for us on trump and yes. israel and papa dop Yes, Papa Doc. This is insane. You guys need to listen to this. It is. Uh, so this week, I'm covering a great opinion piece by John Schindler on the topic of Trump's ties to Israel and what they mean for Mueller's investigation as a whole. 
To say that Trump has been a fan of Israel for the duration of his presidency so far is an aggressive understatement. (laughs) As we all know, earlier in his presidency, Trump made an unprecedented move by releasing his plans to move our U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, thus validating the Israeli wish that Jerusalem be regarded as their capital and not the Palestinians. And further thus, taking a strictly partisan stance on an issue that has plagued the region with violence for decades upon decades. But after a further look into Trump's behind-the-scenes ties to Israel, it is becoming more and more incontrovertible there are more sinister connections than the global intelligence community once thought. So shit gets crazy after this. So these things happened last week, okay? Mm-hmm. Cray. Cray. <laughs> the growing skepticism regarding the Trump campaign's ties to Israel hit a milestone last week when George Papadop's wife... <laughs> George Papadop. <laughs> <laughs> When his wife, Sonia Mangianti, Mangianti. Uh, she went on air and said that Papadop is innocent of what he already admitted to doing, lying to the FBI about his contacts with Russians, and that he was in no way working for or with Russian intelligence. She then drops a bomb on all of us and says that the real reason Papadop pled guilty was because Mueller's prosecutors threatened to charge him with being an Israeli agent. And the best part, she never even denies that this is correct, (laughs) and she never labels it as a false accusation, Uh, as false as the accusation of accusation may be. (laughs) (laughs) She's so weird. Yeah. They got married three months ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, they did get married? That's I read that they got married three months ago. That's yeah. a I wonder if that's an asset protection situation. I was going to say. Yeah. Or like can't testify kind of thing. Right. Yeah. They can't yeah. testify against each other. Although mm-hmm. she seems to be doing it herself on Fox that's News. That's so true. Yeah, but she's lying out of her. Well, I don't know. You know what? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I Although don't. if I were Mueller, I probably wouldn't use her as a witness, just like I probably wouldn't we'll use, use Papa Doppel as a witness. Yeah, take like, that whole family out of Y'all are incredible, and I don't mean awesome. You're <laughs> not credible. Incredible. Yes. Yes. Uncredible and incredible are too close. There you go. And I can't wait to see the Incredibles too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, Um, regardless of his too long. (laughs) (laughs) So regardless of uh, his spouse of three months ramblings on on national television. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and mind you, about very established legal proceedings that have already taken place and have been confirmed by the defendant himself. Her comments did start the nation down a rabbit hole of dot connecting this week. The notion that Papadop has been in cahoots with Israel during the Trump campaign is not incorrect. Despite Papadop's previous career as an energy consultant being saturated with pro-Israeli positions, Papadop has done much more than that for Israel. For example, during the 2016 campaign, Papadop met with an Israeli settler leader and assured him that if Trump was elected, he'd take a favorable view of Israeli settlements in the West Bank. Ooh, and guess what's happened? Hmm. Um, hmm. Is there any indication that Trump or anyone in the Trump organization has gotten to Vangianti or are trying to influence her to say these things despite what's really going on is there anything in that article about that no this opinion piece does not talk about that how they may have any notions of them you know influencing her any deals they may have nothing it's just that it talks about her interview and then just goes on to describe more. because that would be funny if there were monies into the cohen llc essential consultants about talking to papadopoulos's mm-hmm. fiance wife yeah for sure i mean you have to imagine they'd be there yeah barbara jones or would what have seen she's it. saying is just true but I don't. it could just be true. Yeah. It could absolutely be true. Um, but it also could be it's a very mafia style thing to get 
to others and have them say things. Mm-hmm. Just like Manafort reached out to Kalimnik to try to get the, um, what are they called? A PR firm to say that he was only lobbying in the EU. He wasn't lobbying in the United States. That kind of suborn perjury uh, situation. It mm-hmm. did somebody get a hold of her and say, go on TV and say this. Did you know? Did Giuliani yeah. hang out with her one night with his teeth in and say, look, you got to <laughs> go. Teeth, <laughs> special occasion. You got to go on TV and you got to say that this is all deep state and it's all conspiracy. Yeah. It, just, it seems weird that she would make this shit up given oh, yeah, that Papadopoulos does. has said all this on the record. Mm-hmm. Although it could be reverse. It could be that the justice system is so really difficult to navigate that he is he's doing what they want him to do because otherwise he is fucked fucked nice so yeah we have to we have to think of it from both sides and i and and this is one of those situations where i don't want our confirmation bias to get involved Mm -hmm. do they have him or do they have her like which one is it um yeah i don't know i'm sure um i trust Mueller implicitly mm mm-hmm and depending on how she shows up in the news cycle over the next coming months, I'm sure there'll be a deeper look into that. Yeah. Good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to jump back in, just to reiterate, we're talking about uh, when the low-level campaign buffoon Papadopoulos decided that it would be a good idea to go behind closed doors and promise that the U.S. would be taking a pro-Israeli settlement stance, which is a topic that is continually being investigated by the U.N. for human rights violations. I don't care what your stance is on the Israeli-Palestine conflict. To take such a strong stance on Israeli policy that is in many ways not kosher and still under investigation is extremely irresponsible. And mm-hmm. I will say this. He, it was a campaign promise. But this all happened during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it makes me want to pluck my eyeballs out. I read I that. Just, <laughs> I just I just poured the wine right into the microphone for oh, you. It's okay. It's and then okay. I hit the microphone with the wine. I just hey. wanted you to know. Well, that was a shout out to Wine and Crime. There you go. Podcast. Yeah. yeah um, so we're very responsible. Yes. Yeah. So we he goes. Voted. Sorry. Yeah. So he goes and does this, and then extremely ill-informed i wouldn't even say ill-informed just rash it's a very rash stance to take considering it's been up for debate and virtually undecided upon by president after president of the united states oh the moving of the embassy yes yeah um not to mention how alienating that is to the palestinian community that lives in the u.s they did that i'm sorry to interrupt they did that because and they've been putting it off for decades because they were not supposed to make that move until they uh, negotiated a two-state peace. solution yeah. mm-hmm. and, and peace in the in mm-hmm. in that region uh which i th- i think was supposed to constitute a, a constitute a two-state solution mm-hmm. so that's why they've been putting it like we we haven't gotten to the two-state solution yet i'm right. not going to move the embassy people are going to die and guess yeah. what happened mm-hmm. yeah and i know not to start talking about the israeli-palestinian conflict too much here on the Mueller <laughs> podcast but but yeah the two-state two uh, two-state solution i think is the most widely accepted diplomatically just across the well board. it does matter though because it's some it's an agreement a peace uh, a peace agreement that was made uh, by people on the trump campaign mm-hmm. yeah. as a squid pro crow so. yeah yeah that's true thank you i will continue then um <laughs> go on <laughs> yes yeah but yeah i think i think where the real issue comes is that a lot of the time since israel is just in definitively a higher place of privilege than the palestinians are a two-state solution quote-unquote it's hard for palestinians and their allies to expect it to truly be a fair two-state solution it's hard and Mm -hmm. it's hard because of what happened yeah in world war ii it's very difficult to tread 
lightly back into that ground when all these atrocities have been committed against the Jews and not just in World War II for thousands of years past. Uh, so it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, we can't, it, we would be assholes if we tried to take anything away from Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard that, that guilt that, um, particularly between Catholics and Jews. Yeah. It's <laughs> major guilt. And so you can't just walk in and go, nope, I'm sorry, it's not fair. Don't care what you say. It's going to cause waves either way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, as as U.S. citizens and then the tangible conflict that's happening physically between Jews and Muslims in Palestine and where they reside that are no longer their territories. Um, and this is a perfect transition into this. There's a difference between criticizing israeli policy and criticizing the jewish faith and people mm-hmm. i just think that's so important for people to stop jumping to like the conflation of these two is what lays the ground for radical people to call anyone who criticizes israeli policy anti-semitic and it's the radical people because in america the american jews a lot most of which are secular most of which are in it for community most of which are probably atheists uh, but practicing Jews, like a lot like Catholics, to be honest, mm-hmm. are not okay with this. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody wants people to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what this kind of thing encourages. And again, this is op-ed. This is yes. opinion. This is, I, I sorry, I just wanted yeah. to kind of interject yeah. that. And I think most, um, you know, modern American Jews are like, dude, yeah, BB Netanyahu, chill the fuck out. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even the ones I have, I mean, because typically Jewish people are regarded as like a more liberal bunch, right? Like Usually, have, yeah. yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. And and like, I, I feel like it's just so important, especially before we continue on this op-ed, to just say, heads up, there's a lot of, you know, criticism of Israeli policy and, and people that are tied to Israel that are, you know, doing sketchy things. It's not anti-semitic i hate saying this but i'm it's jewish no my heritage and no there, so, like, there are people I'm who not are not anti-semitic rob reiner came out saying this shit <laughs> rob reiner came out and saying opposing this does not make you anti-semitic yeah. it makes you anti-death right yes uh, and so let's not conflate the two things although i can see how it's very hard and people don't want to tread that line yeah because exactly. it's like oh. yeah it just feels like you have a muzzle on when you're talking about it and it sucks because the human rights violations, you know, in that region, I won't even say what side, but in that region are atrocious. And there's so much money involved in the lobbying that's happening on the international level that's making, like, the results are that people are still dying daily. Exactly. It's, it's just, like, inexcusable. We have to talk about it. I just... It is. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, but so, moving back to the story. So, we have... The fact that Papadab did that right during mm-hmm. the campaign. Next, we have the fact that the meeting. Uh, we have the, we have the fact that the meeting between Papadab and Alexander Downer. Uh, you know when he drunkenly told Downer that Russia had damaging information on Clinton. Mm-hmm. That meeting was actually set up through a chain of people that involved an Israeli diplomat. Crazy. Hmm. Given that a high percentage of Israeli diplomats serving abroad are spies, this is backed by data. If you'd like it, please ask. This needs this needs to be investigated further, and it is being investigated further. Uh, even further, some of Trump's closest allies are American Jews of Soviet heritage who are very connected to the Shabbat of uh, 
Port Washington, a Jewish community center on Long Island that reportedly possesses close links to Putin and the Kremlin. Oh. Some of those names include Felix Sater and Michael Cohen. Huh. <laughs> who are the, I don't even know who that is. Is that, is <laughs> yeah. that somebody we've ever talked about ever? He, exactly. <laughs> uh, as we know, mm-hmm. Cohen accepted at least $400,000 from the Ukrainian government to set up a meeting with Trump last year. This deal ran through attendees of Shabbat of Port Washington. Hmm. Those are just fun facts for now. So that deal went through them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Through people that are yeah, very connected. Connect, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, worth looking into, right? So then uh, there's the time that Nader proffered unofficial foreign aid to Trump's campaign from entities like Saudi Arabia and the UAE in a Trump Tower meeting. That day, Nader brought with him Joe Zemel, an Israeli expert with strong ties to former Israeli intelligence officials, and paid him as much as $2 million for help on Trump's social media strategies. Zemel, as we know, is the founder of Wikistrat. Yeah, oh, we've talked about Zamel. We, we added him. Yeah. We added him to our fantasy indictment draft a, a couple weeks ago. We did. Yeah, yeah because uh, Wikistrat is a private intelligence firm that is currently under investigation by Mueller's team, who has traveled to Israel to dig even deeper into these ties. Uh, also, fun fact: several Wikistrat staffers worked for Israeli intelligence previously, and uh, many intelligence officials in the U.S. are asking if they still do. Hmm. So Israeli espionage, just to put this into context, against the U.S. is cited as a top threat to our national intelligence in the U.S. And it's called the quote-unquote Big Four ranking, a ranking, mm-hmm, a ranking of counterintelligence threats to the U.S. That Russia, also can I guess? Yep. Russia, China, yep, uh, them, yep. and the fourth one. Kind of, I wouldn't have. Uh, I, I like it makes sense, but I don't know if I would have put it fourth. Cutter? No. See, I'm being influenced by the Trump administration already. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, Cutter. Uh, um, Poor Cutter. Interesting. Uh, is it like a, a former Russian state like Kazakhstan or something? Mm-mm. No, what is it? Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Cuba. Now, are they actually Cubans or are they people in Cuba? I don't know. We'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It does matter, but not for this conversation. Yeah, not at this moment. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting just in the context of news right now with China and Cuba and those right. weird... And our whole, like, trying to open back up to Cuba and everything. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Hello. Um, Yeah, so uh, to wrap this all up, a veteran counter-spy in our intelligence community actually has once asked, uh, is on the record asking the person who wrote this story, what if the real secret of the Trump campaign isn't that it's a Kremlin operation, rather an Israeli operation masquerading as a Russian one? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, to which I well, say... Uh, yeah. I need a break now for seven hours. Yeah, right? Yeah, to which I say, uh, <laughs> likely, I'm not so sure. Worth investigating? Absolutely. Damn. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you, Jordan, for I'm, throwing a wrench in uh, that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's nuts. Where you think about, oh, is it Russia? Mm-hmm. Is it Plot twist. And BB's under investigation for a lot of shit right now, a lot of corruption. I just looked at a map recently, a world map, because I was looking at our uh, stats of people that listen all over, which is mind boggling. Right, we have the nine people in Russia. Yeah, and I learned where the UAE actually is on a map. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's Dude, where Dubai I is. I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> I have a I, I just, station there, so I know where. I know where yeah, I was going to say, I've never looked at a global map. All of this, um, it's 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 blowing my mind. Just the world is very small. What's interesting is how close the Middle East is to uh, Italy and Greece and Spain. Or, you know, I mean, just Northern Africa. And, yeah. And, yeah, I had a lot of fr- I was in the first Gulf War. Or I was yeah. I was in the military during the first Gulf War. Yeah. I didn't go to the Gulf. But mm-hmm. 
And, and and you find out where Kuwait is and where Qatar is. Yeah, I've never traveled internationally, and yet we have listeners that are that are there. And I'm just like, wow, you're right there. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I want to travel now. And Super I will say, yeah. traveling internationally is probably the best thing you can do for your brain. Oh yes, yeah, for discrimination, for bias. Is. I went to Europe for a while once, and yeah. I feel like I aged ten years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I, yeah, I spent decision My senior year in high that. school in thirteen years. Uh, thirteen years. My I spent my senior year in high school there in thirteen countries. Wow. In oh, awesome. uh, Eastern, uh, well, some two in Eastern Europe, uh, mostly Western Europe. But that's incredible. Uh, Seriously, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he brought us all of that. He was all yeah. about that, yeah. And it wasn't political. It was just food. Just life. Just like just about having like food and experiences. Drink and yeah, life. sharing good times. That's and amazing. It, it makes me sad. It's the point. The fact that we're distracted by all this political stuff is like really sad because we should be enjoying each other more, you yeah. know? Please travel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you guys. So... We had another Felony Friday this week. <laughs> I want to say yay, but also yay. I want to cry. <laughs> There's so few and far between. I'm so excited about Felony Friday. Uh, Mueller slapped superseding indictments on Manafort and indicted his Russian spy pal, Konstantin Kalimnik. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope every one of these bastards get what they deserve. Prosecutors say next to be indicted will be company spin doctor Dick Harper. So we've been saying for a while now, we've put minisodes and hot notes out that we were going to expect superseding indictments for conspiracy on Manafort. But I will admit, I did not think they would come in the form of of obstruction and witness tampering. (laughs) I thought it was just going to be crimes of collusion. Yeah, right. Good old crimes of collusion. But let's talk about this one. Uh, these indictments are based on the court filing um, we did an emergency minisode on earlier this week uh, that said the prosecution wanted to revisit the bail agreement because Manafort has yet again violated the terms of his release. If you recall, his bail has been up for review twice. Once when he worked with Kalimnik to publish an op-ed about his case after the judge had implemented a gag order. Then again, when the prosecution found out uh, his $10 million property that he put up, or $10 million in property that he put up as collateral, wasn't actually worth $10 million. Mm-hmm. And now he's reached out to Kalimnik uh, to get in touch with a PR firm to get them to say he never lobbied in the U.S. for Yanukovych because he never registered as a foreign lobbyist. Right. In our bonus episode this week, the news was just breaking, um, the, the one we released earlier this week, it was just breaking and we were trying to figure out who Manafort contacted to suborn perjury. So let's listen to that clip really quick. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wonder who that witness would be. It's someone in the PR firm then, or someone connected to people at the PR firm. Right, or somebody Manafort knows that he just had call him up. Could it be an, could be an EU guy, it could be Kalimnik. So the hearing about his bail was scheduled for this Friday, but Mueller decided to indict him and Kalimnik in the meantime. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So great. And the court takes witness tampering very seriously. Anything that goes against due process of the law in this country, the court is like, what? Mm -hmm. And they're like, in on it. Yeah. Uh, And and so it's, 
you could this charge alone could give Manafort 10 to 20 years. Whoa. That's one. That's basically life for someone like him, you know? It's the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, It's clear that Manafort gave private briefings to Deripaska via Kalimnik, and he worked to soften the language against Russia in regards to the Ukraine in the RNC platform with the help of Mashburn and Mashburn and Dearborn, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You've told us about that a lot, Mm -hmm. Jordan. But then Trump gave those weapons uh, Manafort worked to obstruct to the Ukraine, (laughs) After they agreed to drop the investigations into Manafort. Oh, my goodness. And the Ukraine also let Kalimnik flee to Russia. They let him go. Yeah. yeah. Um, squid pro quo? <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. So let's see if Manafort flips or if Mueller files more superseding indictments. I don't know. We'll see. Whichever comes first. Hopefully either one soon. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Just just, just give me something. Make it happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it freaks me out that it's just so weird that Trump... Manafort worked on behalf of Trump to soften the language on Russia in the Ukraine and saying, we will not send lethal weapons. Remember that lady was there in the Russian roulette book? And she's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? Right. Because she is a super conservative. And she was like, why are you saying we're not going to help Ukraine against Russia? Russia's the bad guy. Exactly. And then, of course, uh, Manafort worked to obstruct the Ukraine after they agreed to drop their investigations. And then Ukraine... Uh, let Kalimnik go free. Mm-hmm. And then all this happened, like, in the, it's just the weirdest thing. It's to, very strange. To be, to, to, to pay money to get them to soften their language on the Ukraine and then sell weapons to the Ukraine to help them fight off Russia. Yeah. Yeah. It's a clusterfuck. And then to allow Kalimnik to flee yeah. the Ukraine. Right. To Russia. It's just. Yeah. Nobody would write this because it wouldn't make any sense, but this is what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. No. I, and as a That's comedy a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I'm like, where's the punchline? This is just a headache. <laughs> yeah. Them t- I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of a cheating on your husband uh, oh, analogy yeah, no. like we normally do. <laughs> exactly. And it's so ridiculous. I was I, more asking rhetorically, where's the punchline? But you're right. It was I so stole. ridiculous. I can't even think of it. The only thing yeah. I could come up with was that you were cheating on your husband by fucking your actual husband. That's the only thing I could come up Even with. Even then, um, I think you're right. It explains how crazy it is, but it still makes no sense. Right. It's like an Ouroboros, right? And you're yeah. like, I don't even know where it starts because and when of, it ends. Yeah. And apparently things don't have meaning just in and of themselves now. There's one side that is it and the other side that is the antithesis of it. Mm-hmm. That is evil and fucking working And they're taking them. money from both sides. Yeah. yeah. Right? For whatever situation they need to do damage control It's like for. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Every man for himself. I don't think Trump really has any friends. I think he has like maybe, you know, Giuliani. and. <laughs> but I think yeah. they're all out for themselves. Yeah. Putin for sure his, is out for himself. So his, uh, his ads for his attorneys are actually just like looking <laughs> Lonely man looking for friends. Misconnection. He's on Craigslist. Misconnection. <laughs> no, no. Aww. Anyway, you guys, that's been uh, Hot Notes. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Muller She Wrote. The she in Muller She Wrote is no accident. Did you know we are 100% women-owned and operated? Every single person that helps make this podcast possible identifies as a woman. Our creative and web design, our engineer and producers, our editors and digital media manager, our agent, our ad execs, our merchandising manager, and even the postal service clerk that helps me with shipping in our P.O. box. All women and all LGBTQ plus allies. We will continue to employ and partner with women as our podcast grows, but we could use your help. Please support women in podcasting by visiting MullerSheWrote.com and become a patron today.
All right, you guys, this week, we get to give ourselves a point for the Kalimnik indictment. Nice. Woohoo! Yeah. We put Kalimnik on there a while ago. Uh, I'd also like to add Sean Hannity, okay, for his itsy bitsy phone pieces. Right. <laughs> And uh, Alaham and Muzin, the two friends of Broidy that mm-hmm. we uh, talked about earlier. And then this week, Natasha Bertrand, who's killing it at the Atlantic, by the way, she put out an article about an ex-congressman with ties to Trump and Russia. 20 years ago, a guy named Kurt Weldon lost his bid for re-election in Pennsylvania after an FBI investigation exposed his ties to two Russian companies. And now DiFi, Diane Feinstein, mm-hmm. wants the Senate judiciary to interview Weldon about his suspicious ties to Trump and Russia. Weldon seems to know about Trump wanting to lift sanctions on Russia, the role a, a Russian oligarch may have played in trying to influence the Trump campaign, and a significant instance in which a foreign national wanted to sway Trump through one of Trump's closest advisors. So this guy, he might have the intel about a specific squid pro quo. So I'm adding him to our fantasy draft in the plea deal column. Okay. Okay. Natasha reports this is all likely connected to the Artemenko Cohen Sater relationship and was probably funded by Vexelberg, mm-hmm. all of whom have been questioned by Mueller except Cohen that we know of. Right. So the five hundred thousand dollar payment to the Cohen slush fund by Columbus, but Columbus, <laughs> the slush fund by Columbus Nova. <laughs> Uh, by Columbus Nova was likely about this Ukraine peace deal, and DiFi believes Weldon is the linchpin. So put some beans on that. And then finally, we need to add a guy named John Fodiatis hmm. and the John Fodiatis group. Fodiatis is the architect Trump used in his uh, Eastern European real estate projects, basically, and all the ex-Soviet areas and also Russia. Mm-hmm. And he's got some kind of info because when he was called this week by CNBC, not this week, sorry, he was called April 11th by CNBC, uh, to ask questions about these ties, he immediately shut down his 10-year firm and then stopped talking. That's the guy. Yeah, weird. Yeah, and the architect is a key part of the sales pitch. <laughs> and Mueller is looking closely at him. So we have a mini-sode on him this week. So patrons, check that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's just so conspicuous. Just it's shut old. down a whole offer. Totally. <laughs> shut down a whole firm. A 10-year international yeah. firm. He's in yeah. like like. Four other, two other countries. I can't remember. He's in Kiev. I think he's in Ukraine. I think he's Azerbaijan. I think shut them all down. Just boom, close it down. That's that scene in the Mueller movie where the guy gets the call, like, "Hey, they're on to you," and he's like, yeah. "Got the stash ready to go." He's yeah. like, ready to move. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You Turn pack up all you can. Apartment. Get this one suitcase. Yeah, telling your yeah. wife and kids, meet me at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Put it all away. Yeah, Carry it out. Totally flustered. Out. Yeah. Skis. Yeah. Well, I'd be lying to myself if I said this day wasn't coming. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. The one smart guy in the whole investigation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it was really, really weird. So we have a whole mini sode on that, so please check it out. It actually th- comes out today, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're not a patron, Mulishirote.com. Learn mm-hmm. how. Are you guys ready for sabotage? Yeah. <laughs> This week's sabotage comes from Rachel Maddow, my neck goddess, (laughs) Uh, and MSNBC, and it's super awesome, you guys. Mueller skillfully indicted Paul Manafort this week, along with Kalimnik, uh, and the fact that they are both on the indictment means that if Trump wants to pardon Manafort for these crimes, he must also pardon the Russian spy. Beautiful. 
And you know he'll do it if he has to. We know he'll do it. But what will the public do if that, that is happens? Really, really bad looking. Mm-hmm. If you if you pardon a, a former FSB yeah. agent and current Russian asset. Yeah, and Putin himself, I think, is on that Kalimnik. list, right? And, but, well, Kalimnik too. But I believe Rachel, she might have mentioned this that Putin himself would need to be pardoned for crimes too. No, no, Putin. there are only two people indicted on the. In okay, this okay, got and it. It's Manafort and Kalimnik. There we go. But he would have to do it for them. He would have to pardon them both. Mm-hmm. So if Manafort was waiting around for a pardon, uh, he could get one. Uh, he could get a pardon on his other charges, the other 77 million charges that he has. <laughs> but these charges, which carry a 10 to 20 year sentence, are inextricably linked to the former Russian FSB asset. So the pressure is really on Manafort now to flip and cooperate because he faces jail until trial mm-hmm. now um, because of the whole Kalimnik thing, yeah. which is it's now been pushed back to late July, his trial. It's no longer on July 10th. It's pushed back to, I think, the 22nd or the 24th. Okay. And the likelihood of a pardon has substantially diminished mm-hmm. because it is now hooked up to a Russian. So Manafort is... Fucked. Fucked. Nice. Yeah, I should have seen that one coming. I was a little distracted. I'm so sorry. No, no it was a good one. No, we, oh, it, we, we set it up. It thank was great. You. I'm so insecure. <laughs> I am. You child. <laughs> child. All right, you guys, we now have a new segment called Flip It Blue. Yes. I am so excited about this new segment. Maybe I'm so excited. Maybe I'm so excited. Maybe I'm so scared. So in this segment, we introduce you to a progressive candidate working to flip Congress blue in November. Today, Jordan is going to be talking to Amy Valella. She is a Democrat, a progressive Democrat, running for Congress in Nevada's 4th District. Yeah. Let's listen to this interview. It's It's such a good interview. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Hello. Hi, is this Amy? This is Amy. Hi, Amy. Uh, this is Jordan Coburn with Muller She Wrote here. We are so excited to talk to you today. You are our first person on our segment of uh, interviewing blue wave candidates for the congressional election in 2018. And we're so happy to have you on. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Would you mind starting off and just giving us a little bit of background about yourself, what district you're in, uh, your political party, your full... You know, um, any of your platform initiatives that you're really harping on right now? And then we'll, we'll just start out with a basic bio and then we'll go into some more specific questions after that. Sure. So my district is in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Also, it expands up through the rural part of Nevada all the way up to Carson City um, and over to Eli. Um, so it's we're the largest district in Nevada. It encompasses um, many different communities with different needs, um, very distinct different needs. We have communities here in, um, you, you know, in the urban area of Las Vegas, the North Las Vegas, with two different um, Air Force bases on them. Um, and then we have many different communities throughout the rural areas of Las Vegas, of uh, Nevada. Um, that also have very specific needs. So it's it's a very um, unique district with a lot of different um, 
a lot of different uh, issues and interests and uh, communities that need comprehensive legislation that's going to address those needs. Uh, and so I'm really excited to be running in this district. Yeah, I was really excited. My dad, uh, Lance Coburn, he has been raving about you for the last couple months. And as some of our listeners know, my hometown is Las Vegas. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. It's been a while since I've lived there. So I have an idea of what some of the major issues are that are sort of plaguing that region. But if you could list off, let's say, maybe the top two that you would like to lobby for if you're elected, could you do that for us? Sure. So one issue that is affecting people throughout the district um, and especially hitting hard in the rural areas is health care and the, the lack of health insurance, um, the lack of uh, providers. Uh, this is a huge issue here in this district. We are seeing many people do without. Um, my own daughter was a victim uh, of not having health insurance and died because of it at the age of 22 a couple of years ago. There's many people in the world that don't even have access to uh, necessary mental health uh, or, or the clinics or hospitals are closing. And they also have trouble even getting a provider on the healthcare exchange um, through the state. So healthcare is a huge issue um, that I definitely will be fighting for very hard in Congress. Um, and I will be fighting for improved and expanded uh, Medicare for all. So that's, I'm the only one that's running right now in this district that is running on that platform of, you know, not doing little half measures, but actually implementing real change that will have, it will, will include everyone um, and take care of the, the many of the problems that uh, we're facing in this district. The second thing that I would say is facing a lot of people in this district, especially with the percent um, of uh, Latinos uh, in my district, is immigration. Um, we have a lot of dreamers in this district and families that are living in constant fear of being deported uh, back to a country that many of them don't even know or deported back to a country where they're unsafe. So those are really big things. And, and overall, we are looking at also, you know, the economy. So um, I think there's really three, <laughs> sorry, went over one, but there's really three things that are really stressing out families. Um, and it all comes down to really the necessity of having not just any old blue, but having a strong Democrat, a progressive Democrat, who's going to come in and fight for bold progressive policies that will affect true change. You know, we've seen time and time again where dreamers, even when we've had a supermajority, have not been taken care of, um, even with Democrats um, in office. And we've also seen, you know, our economy um, just getting worse and worse increasingly. We now have the biggest disparity of income that we have seen since the 1920s, and it's only going to get worse because we are still living under this misguided uh, notion that trickle-down economics works. So having a, a bold progressive that will go in and fight for a true economic change with policies such as a new deal that we, that's right now it's been introduced as, you know, the federal jobs guarantee um, legislation. These are things that we need to have Democrats fighting for in Congress and boldly. 
Amy, we could not agree with your platform and what you advocate for more. We are so sorry to hear about your daughter. You have one of the most inspirational stories and just backgrounds for why you're motivated to do what you're doing. And uh, we need more people like you in Congress. And we're so happy to have you here. I'd like to give one question over to our producer. Uh, She goes by AG. She works for the government. So under the Hatch Act, she's not allowed to associate her full name with her political views, but if I could just let her ask you a quick question, here she is. You are um, a staunch advocate for veterans and that a lot of the uh, Democratic um, candidates, and not necessarily that you're running against, but just in general, seem to be leaving the veterans behind. And I just maybe wanted you to talk a minute about um, your support of our veterans. Sure. You know, many people don't realize because they haven't, because my husband's not been involved because for the same reason, the Hatch Act. Uh, My husband is an Air Force pilot. He's an officer. And uh, so I'm a military spouse. And I understand in many ways that civilians may not understand the absolute sacrifices that not only our men and women who are serving fearlessly um, in our military make, but also their families. And, you know, to me, it begins even when they're in, when they're serving, making sure we have someone in Congress who is going to ensure that every avenue of diplomacy is explored um, before we send any more men and women off into battle. And, you know, I was asked in an interview, you know, well, how much more money does like the the VA need? You know, Obama put X amount of millions of dollars into it. How much more do we need? And my response was, well, how many more men and women are you going to send overseas? Because we need to have the amount that it takes to send them overseas by a multitude of 10 times sitting and ready and waiting for them when they come home. So I definitely want to ensure that we have not only are taking care of them when they are enlisted and actually serving our country. um, We need to make sure that we are getting back the right to declare acts of war back into the hands of Congress that we are, again, exploring every avenue of diplomacy, including Marshall plans. You know, I'm, I'm really a big fan of some of the, um, the bills that Tulsi Gabbard's putting out, um, making sure that we're, we're taking care of our, our men and women serving, but also taking care of them in the VA and ensuring that it's properly funded. Um, and we, we hear a lot of people pushing back, actually, in, that uh, are that are trying to use the veterans as a reason why not to go forward right now with uh, expanded and improved Medicare for all. But what many people don't realize is that um, every two years, our veterans are at the mercy of whoever's in office to extend the provision that allows them to see private private physicians and, and care providers um, if they're not able to get into a VA. We need to make sure that they have an option, that they have Medicare for all like everyone else and are able to get their needs taken care of um, without worrying about transportation to the, the, the nearest VA. But we also need to make sure that they have the option of getting that private care in addition to having VA for specialized care as well. And then when we talk about veterans, we also have to talk about messaging to businesses. You know, everyone's like, well, what can we do to help, you know, veterans transition? And I, one of my opponents was saying, we need to give them education. I'm like, well, our veterans are actually very educated and they manage multi-million dollar assets. They manage large groups of people. They have tons of skill sets. What we need to do a better job is translating that to private companies and using our platform 
and using our, our, our sway and legislation to help really create incentives to hiring veterans and making sure they're taken care of. Um, so really there's, you know, there are things that are veteran specific, but then there are things that um, as we go through and we put the legislation in that's intersectional and if we can get this legislation passed, will exponentially improve the lives of our vets as well. Thank you, Amy. We, um, yeah, we're, we have a really supportive population to, to veterans and for healthcare rights and everything that you're talking about right now. I know our listeners are totally on board and I think you can count on them if they're in your district to, to support you and we'll make sure that they have all the information they need to follow you in your campaign. I did just have a quick question. Since we are a Mueller related podcast specifically, I was hoping that we could ask you a question a little bit on the uh, the Mueller investigation. Is that something you've been following pretty closely over the last few months? You know, I'm following um, what's happening, of course, as I'm uh, gearing up to uh, take a seat in the, in the House, and I'm watching um, what's happening. You know, I, I definitely believe that we should be fierce protectors of our democracy and that we should definitely investigate um, any perceived um, threats to our democracy, but I, I also think that we should equally and be looking at what's happening to our democracy here at home, within our own within uh, within our own boundaries. You know, we have right now um, people's uh, rights to vote being taken away from them. I'm speaking specifically about people who have felonies. We have gerrymandering. We have we have rigging going on in different elections. There are a lot of problems we have with our democracy here, just in our own home country, that we also need to be giving equal airtime. I would really like to see a more comprehensive discussion around our election process and some of the major issues that we have that are impeding that to be as democratic as possible um, and inclusive of everyone that's in this country and really working to get have everyone feel like they have a seat at the table, that they have a voice and helping giving them a reason to vote. You know, um, those are things that to me are, are equally as important. And I think what, what really um, has stressed me out about this is that this is given, we while we do need to, to look into this and definitely be following it, I also wanna make sure that it's not um, absorbing all the other coverage needs to be going on, on things like, you know, the, the, the ADA losing its, its teeth and its strength and its power and the rights of people with disabilities being pulled away. Our schools are under attack. HUD, you know, the rights of our LGBTQIA community. We have so many things going on. Um, and I think sometimes we get so, so hyper-focused on one issue that they're, they are able right now because the outrage is not being portrayed from the, from the public and the community at large on all the other things that they're doing that are also a great danger to our democracy. You're absolutely right, Amy. There are so many issues that we need to get to work on and fast in our country. Uh, I wanted to ask one more question, just touching on something you touched on and that answer, and it's regarding the blue wave that we're all hoping for in Congress. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think are some of the biggest impediments to a potential blue wave that we're facing right now? I see too many Democrats running as the anti-Trump and they, they keep on thinking that the status quo and what the way they've run before is going to ignite people to come out and vote. 
Um, many people may disagree with me, but I do not feel that Trump won just because he's a racist, um, really disgusting human being, in my opinion. Um, he, he won mostly because he was running on a populist platform. He didn't mean anything he said at all, but he was promising everyone's going to have health care. I'm going to make sure everyone has health care. We're not going to touch your Social Security. Everyone's going to have a job. I'm going to bring all the jobs back home. I'm going to, I mean, he went down this list of things that are really specific to what people are needing right now. Democrats have to stop fighting from the right of Trump. They need to go left and they need to go hard left. They need to remember what our party is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the party of the people. And they need to start really pushing and giving people a reason to come out and vote, giving them hope. And not only just giving them hope, but if whoever's elected in 2018 needs to be showing that we are going to fight and stand up and have a backbone. And you can come out and be excited again about being a Democrat. That is what we're doing. We have a large Dem exit. We have to, we have to realign our party back to what our party's supposed to be and back to the values that we all, you know, say every time we're out on the, out there campaigning and show them that when we say we are the party of the people that we mean it, we are going to do a, you know, a federal job guarantee with a new green deal on it. We're going to ensure everyone has health care with expanded and improved Medicare for all that we're going to make sure you have a livable wage. We're going to make sure that we're taking care of our immigrant brothers and sisters in this country because we're going to have a backbone when it comes time, when it comes down to making sure bills don't pass without a clean dream act. These are things that Democrats really need to embrace and running on the same old, same old, look, we're better than the other guy. That's not going to ignite people to the polls. And unfortunately, the DCCC is coming in and putting its, its weight down on a lot of different races, including mine, and trying to eliminate the progressive candidates that are actually igniting the people. And that is probably, that's the biggest scare to the blue wave that's happening right now. Thank you, Amy. We seriously are so on your side. We're so thankful that you were here we want to make sure all of our listeners know where they can find you. Can you give us a quick shout out of your website and social media so they can follow your campaign? Sure. I'm, my website is Amy, the number four, thepeople.com. My Twitter is at Amy, the number four, the people. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at Amy for the people. It's pretty simple to remember. Definitely reach out. Um, we are in the last eight days of this primary and we could use all the volunteers we can. If you don't live in Nevada, you can donate or you can volunteer even to do phone banking for us. Um, this is a community effort. When you are, tr when you are a true grassroots progressive candidate, you are representing a representation of the people. And we only make it with the support of the people. And we have power. You know, everyone says, well, we can't do anything. We can. Because when we're all together and we're working towards a common goal, we are a force to be reckoned with. And we saw this down in Florida with the students, and we can do it through this election. Reach out and help the candidates that are in the last days of their primary. Phone bank, donate, do whatever you can, because you do have power. It's time for us to use it. Thank you so much, Amy. We believe in you and your campaign so much. Listeners, you heard it. If you're in the district, if you're able to donate any of your time to Amy's campaign, please do. 
follow her. Amy Valella, she's running for her uh, fourth district. It's the fourth district of Nevada for a congressional seat. She is fantastic. Please read into her story, read into her platform and support her in any way that you can. Amy, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, We've had a super packed week and we're glad you're here and we can't thank you enough for your support. We love you all so much. I can't. And the wine glasses are incredible. The coaster that someone made for us. Somebody burned wood into a co- I want yeah, some I of those. Thank you yeah. so much for that. I, I do. Wanna, How does that happen? I have I no know. idea. I don't know. Get in touch with us. At yes. Muller, she wrote. Oh, and do me a favor. If you have any chance at all, any like two second time and out of your day to go to Apple Podcasts and rate us and subscribe, mm-hmm. we can kick InfoWars but in yeah. the charts yeah no and that is alex jones that is my that is my goal it's just my just, life goal because we've ranked above him a few times now and now i just i live just for smash that. that i just live for that i got the name of the coaster person um or their handle on twitter slash in me at slash in me they'd made the coasters and then also on the um i wonder if that's a guns and roses i think so that's what yeah. i assumed yeah slash like the guitarist and then elizabeth bushy she's really great on twitter inkless dales she is really pushing this uh she's calling us the red bull for the resistance <laughs> she's making like promo pictures and everything i love incredible. you guys yeah yeah Oh, and if there's anyone who can help us just make a 300 DPI six foot banner of our logo, please get in touch with us mm-hmm. at Muller. She wrote, we need it for uh, Politicon. Yeah, uh, just the graphic. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just the art, just the thing. Um, really simple. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. let us know. Tag uh, at Jaleesa tweets. Is that mm-hmm. it? Tweet Jaleesa. Tweet Jaleesa. Yeah. <laughs> I do tweet. Yeah. Well, Jaleesa tweets us It's a two way door. F me in the A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tweet Jaleesa. Jaleesa is... Uh, J-A-L-E-E-S-A. Correct. You guys send me all sorts of interesting spellings of that. So, <laughs> at Tweet Jaleesa. And we would really, really appreciate your help. We have to get that banner mm-hmm. going, going mm-hmm. soon before our July 3rd yeah. live event oh, at Comedy yeah. Store in La Jolla. That's oh, yeah. right. What, what? And then I can't believe I just did a what, what? Hey, I feel it. With I feel the that hand motion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I you did raised, the, raised the roof. The roof. I did. I'm so... No, no. We're all see what's nerdy. happening to me? Do you see what's happening to hey, me? Hey, I dig I'm it. old. All right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I've been AG. I've been Julissa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Julissa Johnson. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our partners are fastgrass.org and joysteaspoon.com. Fact checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Muller She Wrote staff includes AG, Jaleesa Johnson, Jordan Coburn, Sarah Hirschberger Valencia, Jesse Egan, and Sarah Lee Steiner. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album, Flood. All of it. 
And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. Decide to pay for it with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.